Have you ever considered whether you control work or work controls you? I think it's a fascinating question to consider. And I would imagine whether you are own your own business or you work for someone else, that answer may be different. It might be the same. Either way, we are going to talk today about workaholism and does work control you? So while you think about that, uh, get ready. We're going to have that conversation in just a minute on episode 846 of Today's Antidote. Stay tuned for Today's Antidote, brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's Antidote features a healthy dose of thought-provoking insights and information for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and nonprofit professionals. Each day since March of 2020, this program has offered that one thing, to help you continue on your own unique pathway to success. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Bob. How are you today? I'm okay. It's a little a little sluggish, though. It's the day after a holiday Monday, and I uh, uh, the engine's starting up slowly. Okay. You know, it's sort of like NASCAR. They start, the, they they get the green flag, and it takes them a couple laps till they're up at peak uh, efficiency. I feel like that this morning for me. That's interesting. You and a NASCAR. My NASCAR race. analogy. Yes. I'm a big NASCAR. I I don't even want to tell you how many laps of NASCAR racing this season I've watched. Really. I was excited. I got home last night around. I don't know. 8.15, and there were still 90 laps to go in the race because it got postponed on Sunday. Right. And I sat there. I had some things I was going to do, and I sat there, and I watched the last 90 laps. I, Is this a new phenomenon, or have you always been an NASCAR fan? Uh, when I was a kid, I liked watching the Indy 500, and that was back when they taped it. Right. And you oh. saw it in the evening. And I remember staying up one night. My parents went out to a Memorial Day party and the babysitter let me stay up. And my parents were furious that I got to stay up till like 10 or 11 o'clock. Because when I stayed up when I was a little kid, I was probably 9, 10. When I stayed up late, bad things happened the next day. I needed my beauty sleep. And I I don't know why. I, I like... I like watching cars go around making a lot of left turns, apparently. And loud noise. And, and, and I also like a good crash here and there. You know, I'm not going to lie. They're, they're, crashes are a little bit of fun. Some of the, all of that might explain an awful lot. <laughs> Just saying. I would say well, I would balance it with my love of Taylor Swift. Did you go to the concert? Have you gone? No. To oh, I would love to go to a Taylor Swift concert. That would be a lot of fun. I would like to have gone. Did you see she played for like three and a half, four hours in the rain? Yes. I would like to have gone to that show. They said that was just wild. I bet. Yeah, my daughter went a couple of weeks ago, my oldest daughter, and then our middle daughter went Saturday night to New York. Yeah, the Meadowlands. Yeah. Oh, 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 man, jealous. <laughs> All right, so you know I'm a NASCAR-loving Swifty. Somebody actually asked me the other day. We were There was music playing before a lacrosse game that I was officiating. Okay. And 
maybe it was like during a timeout or halftime or something. And some Taylor Swift came on and I was kind of like mouthing whatever the words. And one of my partners who I knew pretty well was like, are you a Swifty? First, I was like, what are you talking about? I wouldn't have even known that that was a Taylor Swift song that I was singing. I was just singing. What song was it? I have no idea. What were the words you were mouthing? I don't remember. This is like a week ago. And it didn't, it was just, I just know words to songs. I usually don't know names, artists, unless it's an artist that I really know well, which there's only probably a handful of those. And, And I was like, yeah, I, I don't, like I said, I didn't, wouldn't have even known it was a Taylor Swift song. So I wouldn't say that I'm, a, I'm definitely not a Swifty. I am maybe someone who just likes music and that happened to be a song that I like. Well, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, the um, Brush family has a uh, affection for Christmas music all year, correct? That is correct. We typically play that for our dogs when we leave the house. Christmas music. Christmas music. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. It's very relaxing and soothing and fun. Okay. I guess. I don't know. Whether they pay attention or not, who knows? Or it matters to them. Hard to say. No, they say it's good for animals. I don't know how they know that. I, I don't think the cats and the dogs are like, bow wow. Oh, this is awesome. I'm a Swifty. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Either way. There uh, you have it. Yes. Welcome, everyone, to today's antidote on our day after Memorial Day edition of our daily broadcast and podcast. We did. Hopefully, many of you were enjoying the holiday yesterday. We took a few minutes to work first thing in the morning, and we did our show. Talked a little bit about workaholism, which we're going to be talking about all week. Great topic. And today, as we dive into the conversation around does work control you? If you have thoughts or ideas that you would like to share, please feel free to put them in the comments because we know that'll add value to our conversation. And then at the conclusion of that conversation, Bob and I will each offer our one thing, our today's antidote, that thing that we hope will help you. If you might be frustrated, uncertain, stuck, or really just lacking a little bit of confidence around, maybe work is controlling you. Or maybe you've actually got it figured out. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas around that. Anyhow, and of course, if you have your one thing, please feel free to share that as well. Because we know that it might be something that someone has been told. You just haven't ever really heard it until you said it the way you shared it. So please feel free to put your thoughts, ideas, or one thing in the comments. Before we dive into that conversation, though, each morning Bob and I do our celebrations. So Bob, what are you celebrating today? Um, You're stuck. I was telling you before the program, I, I, I had a very awkward discussion yesterday. Uh, I found out some people I wasn't aware of were listening to um, our program. And uh, I, I just want to shout out to all the people that I don't know are listening or watching this and either do it for comedy or for seriousness. Really appreciate it. Re- truly appreciate it. I know Tom and I both appreciate the opportunity to share what we value, what we are learning what we know with the world at large. And it struck me yesterday at a certain point when someone told me they listened and they got tidbits of information out of it. And uh, then a second person told me that it was uh, rather surprising to me that, that, that it registered with them, but also very kind and very sweet and very, you know, we, we make, I make light of this, but it's really important that, that, that if it helps someone figure anything out, that's great. 
So I celebrate all the people who are watching or listening and we'll never know who they are because the beauty of this platform is much like AM radio back in the 70s. AM radio. You just shoot it out there and you have no idea what's happening. Yes. Putting our value out into the world. That's it. You've said that probably 4 billion times to me over the last three years. And I might finally come around to yet another point you've made. Because someone else also made that, shared that with you, right? Oh, you went there. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know, again, like many of us. Maybe what you told me before the program is in fact true. <laughs> Go on. Uh, before the program, Tom said the funniest thing he's ever said to me. <laughs> uh, and I can't share it. <laughs> Go on. Anyhow, so my celebration today is, what am I celebrating today? Um, well, you know, I was, I was so caught up trying to figure out what I said before the show that I lost track of where I was. And I'm the one who admits to being a little sluggish this morning. My eyes are bugging me, so that's, oh, okay. The, the pollen or whatever has just been really bad for me. It is. Um, I am going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate sometimes the, um, the, I don't know, I really know how to phrase this. The uh, opportunity to figure things out in the moment. So uh, I know that doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> Usually and, I'm the one with cryptic things. <laughs> so I have a presentation tomorrow. Okay. I found out on Friday, I thought I was just going to be there as part of this kickoff. Okay. Uh, and what I later found out was, no, this is the part that we are responsible, that I'm responsible for, our group is responsible for. Um, and it's a three-hour facilitation of a gathering. And I still haven't quite figured out what I'm, what I'm going to say. So, and at the same time, I'm very confident that uh it'll it will work out it'll be fine that we'll figure it out because i'm talking with somebody about it a little bit later today and and i have as i've told you before it's not like i haven't thought about it right i have thought about it and so i'm just going to celebrate the fact that right now it seems a little hmm and i know that by 9 a.m tomorrow morning i'll be ready to go sounds daunting to me uh, I may end up being very daunting, so we'll see how that goes. My eyes might be a lot redder tomorrow morning when we do our show. If I'm, don't have well, that reminds there. me, we need to record tomorrow's show. Just a little aside, a little production aside here. For a variety of reasons, it sounds like. Um, I think it's not till nine, so I would be oh, fine. Okay. Either way, that's my celebration, is that even when you're not completely, you don't have complete clarity around what you're doing, there is an opportunity to figure it out. And and also, isn't there really the opportunity to trust your instincts that this isn't the first time you've done this? So, and I think that's one of the things I, that's the thing that I guess Malcolm Gladwell and the 10,000 hours to become really proficient at something or to master something. It's not so much that you know all the stuff, it's that you know that you'll figure it out. You know, I think that's one of the things I see with uh, business leaders and leaders of organizations. They get to a place where it's like, 
you know, I, I, I know whatever they throw at me, I'll figure it out. I remember being at a, my first job where I was there for four or five years. And I remember being there for the fourth year. And when the phone rang, I didn't stress. And there'd be a crisis and be like, everyone else is looking at, what are we doing? I'm like, okay, hang on. You just get into that place. And I think that's where you probably are with this because you know you have enough repetition of doing these things that you'll call on something in the moment and be like, this is just like how it was 18 months ago in two days. And that's where new people struggle, right? When, when you first take over in a business, you start a business like, I don't know the things. They say, oh, I'm sorry. Usually we give a 30 second pitch, but today, because we have so few people, you have four minutes. I'm like, no, that's three. I don't have three. I know what I'll do. I'll say the 30 second thing over eight times. Yeah, right. And I'll be fine. And yes. But then you get to a place where you know what you're saying, you know what you do, you know what resonates with people and you, and you just go, oh, four minutes, awesome. I, bet. I know this story works really well. Or as a leader, you know, we don't have an agenda today because it's the day after a holiday. Tell you what, let's go to the whiteboard. Give me all the agenda items. Okay, great. Let's do it in this order. Boom. Now we have an agenda. Yes. And I yes. think that comfort is really, that's that, to me, that's where the opportunity lies. And getting to that place can be very difficult. Yes. Well, I think it, it becomes, you know, again, the more comfortable you are with what's real for you, you know that you will find a way. There'll be some pathway that will show up. So I, I knew that there was a reason that I didn't like to say figure it out. Because I'm not sure that we always figure it out. I think we find a way. Okay. Figuring, I, I, I'll agree with that wording. I sure. know I used that a while ago as a phrase that I really uh, appreciated, valued. And then I had sort of forgotten which with the way it was. And it's that we will find a way. By nine o'clock tomorrow, I'll have found a way to, to make it work. Will it be exactly the way I would want it? Would it be? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Um, and it'll impact some and it won't impact everyone. And now let me pivot to workaholism from there. Ah, uh, yes. Be because our topic for the week, workaholism, and by the way, folks, if you did not catch yesterday's episode or Memorial Day episode, I thought we really broke down and we had some really great comments around workaholism and just what it is and what it isn't and where it crops up that you may not be thinking about. So I, I, I would encourage you to go, go back and check out episode 845. Yes. Uh, but the pivot to me is when you're in that process of finding your pathway, sometimes what happens for me is I spend a whole lot of extra time on it without thinking about it. It's like, I got, you know, the, this thing you're doing tomorrow, you could be in front of your slides, doing your slides if you have to do slides with your PowerPoint open and your template. And you could just be staring at your computer for the next 18 hours. I, I'm going to figure it out. And if I stare at this blank page a enough, not blank space, that's Taylor Swift, but blank page, just want to make that clear for you Swifties out there. You were thinking it. I know you were. Not you. They. I mean. I, there's, there's a Swiftie out there going, that was pretty good. There's one. I know there's got to be one. If you are, put a comment in. Tell me on Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> 
I don't want to become your anti-hero. Oh, another Taylor Swift. I'm on fire. Fair enough. There's someone now going, what would happen if I crashed my car? <laughs> as I move on, though, making my point, I, I think as we try to, we have the opportunity to really obsess over it. And drive ourselves crazy. And I think of when I've been a workaholic, often it's been the situation where I don't think I know a pathway forward. I get stuck. And in stuck, I don't, I'm not as efficient. It's it's like driving or uh, it's like when you um, go to the beach and you go for a walk in the beach and you walk a mile on the beach, like, oh yeah, I'm exhausted. All, all I did was walk a mile. Well, because of the sand and the fact that you're not getting the traction you get on a road or on pavement, it's a different experience. I think the same thing happens. So you are working harder to walk a mile on the beach than to walk a mile on the road. The thing is, either way you're walking and you're not thinking about it in the moment. You're not saying to yourself, boy, this is really hard. I should, maybe I should stop and think about if I go left here, I could get out to the road and the beach is beautiful, but maybe I'll just walk one way. And I think we just go, nope, I'm stuck on the beach. It's going to be hard. My legs are going to get sore. And that's the way it is. And I think that's what often workaholism stems from is that I've got to go through this really difficult thing. I can't seek resources. I can't step away from it for 15 minutes or an hour to clear my head. Because that's one of the things I've learned. It's like when I get frustrated with work now, the first thing I do is go, okay. I'm going to go do something different. I'm going to put the dishes away. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to play my guitar for 15 minutes. I'm going to change the music selection. I'm going to change where I'm working. Something to jar me to go, okay, I'm not in the sand put, walking in really difficult sand. I might come back to the sand, but for 15 minutes, I'm not walking in the sand that's driving my legs crazy to carry the metaphor away. And so I think as it... it you could very easily fall into the trap of, I'm going to spend the next 18 hours completely engrossed in figuring this out. I'm not going to bed tonight till I figure this out, till I, till I determine that pathway, and you lose a night of sleep, and that 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, you're exhausted, and you and I both know the odds of you getting to a better place from working the next 18 hours, probably not as effective as if you said, you know what? It's 9.30 at night. I've thought about this all day. I've done the best I can. I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm going to get up at 6 in the morning and start thinking about this again. When I do that, that's often the way I combat my workaholism. When it's around the work, when it's hiding from other people and other things I don't want to deal with, that's a different animal. And to answer our question, does work control you? I control how I look at my work. And I, I project onto my work that it controls me because I don't want to take control of things. I don't want to take control of the fact that I don't know what I'm doing today. I don't want to take control of the fact that I've got a really difficult situation outside of my work and I really don't want to deal with that. So you know what? It's a lot easier to be like, yeah, I got to work late today. <sighs> a lot going on. Busy meeting day. Not, I, I and and I see it. I, I I had a day last week where I I used work as an excuse for some. It wasn't even knowingly, but 
but I had a lot of meetings and I wasn't my best self in other places. And I started to realize it's like, I was telling myself the story that I was working hard. I needed to do all this stuff. What I really need to do is say, you know what? I had a lot of meetings today. I'm just a little tired from that. And I need to just chill out. And that's the other part of workaholism, right? You have a day where you're super busy. Tomorrow you're going to give a three-hour presentation. That's exhausting. I don't think at 12, 15 tomorrow, you're going to be at your best. To be like, hey, Tom, let's have a meeting. Let's come up with some really great ideas for the next three weeks of programs. You're going to be like, dude, really? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. What do you think? I threw a lot at you as always. There was a lot in there. Uh, I, well, I was sort of giving you my mindset as I was going. I, it, it, yeah, just sort of started to spin. Well, I, I mean, I think, and that's part of it, right? Is that, do you control that or does it, your thoughts, ideas control you? And, and I think that, you know, initially when I started thinking about this, it was, um, it was how do you, control your day in some ways, you know, and that it's interesting. I think that in some ways, if you're the person who works for someone for a certain amount of time, work does control you. You know, when, if you work nine to five, let's say that's in outside of the time you get a coffee break or a lunch break that part of work does control that you need to be there from nine to five. Now, sometimes the benefit of that is the minute you walk away, work has zero control over you. Um, and even in parts of the day, you can control the work that you do. So I think that there's there's a little bit of both sides there. And, you know, there's it was always interesting. I, I worked for the st a state agency, a, a university, state university once. And it was interesting how those of us who weren't on a um, hourly basis would look at those who were at 455 were packed and ready to go, you know, waiting for their computer to turn off when they, and they turn the light off and they would walk out the door. And I think we, it was, what was interesting was that I think that we almost devalued that a little bit as like, can you imagine ever being in that place where you could just walk out the door and never think about work again? And in some sense of having a little more experience, a little more knowledge now, there's some value to that, I think, um, that you that people could just literally walk away and then not think about work until the next day, or mostly. And they were really controlling their work in some ways, is that they weren't letting work interfere with the rest of their life outside of those set determined hours that they had. Where I think others of us who were not controlled by the clock or on the clock would work would control us. We would be doing email at night. We would be having to go to events in the evening. We would be working late because we thought it was going to help us get further ahead with our work or just felt like we had things to get done. And and I think it's it's interesting how even though we thought we had the better uh job or the better opportunity, the better experience, in a lot of ways, looking back on it, that may not have been the case, is that there was the opportunity for, for us to walk away and do the same thing and not let work 
control us outside of those predetermined hours. And I think that so often when you work, you, you know, when you're not hourly, you kind of work at the pleasure. And sometimes that means doing things that are over and above what might otherwise normally be considered part of work. So I think that's the one side of it is when you work for someone else, when you work for yourself, you know, I think now you have a little bit more control over it sometimes as you're able to determine what are the things you're going to do and you're not going to do. And yet at the same time, it's like there may not be anybody else to do it. And so you end up being de facto, whether because you're the only one or you're the boss of everyone and everyone else is hourly and they've already gone home. Now work is controlling when you get to leave because there are things that you feel like still need to be done. So I think it's an interesting opportunity to really consider in both of those situations, like how does, what is the impact that work has on the, what, what I'm doing every day? And we choose it, right? We, we choose I'm our not- work and we also choose how we approach it. I can, I can come into today and say, oh, I've got a million meetings. Or I can turn around and say, I get to talk to 12 people today and potentially change 12 lives and maybe 12 times 12 because some of them work with organizations where it might be a tidbit that I share that changes everything for them. Right? I see we have a comment. Uh, Put that up on the screen. Ah, my sister Beth is with us this morning. Good morning, Bob and Tom. Always good to have Bob first. I like that. That's good. Um, I never, never am going to become a workaholic. I just let things roll and I don't like to be in in control. I just relax and let things just happen. Which which is a choice, a conscious choice. Certainly. And with every choice, there are outcomes that often we can't control. And I Correct. think that's that's part of you know the choices that we continue to make. Mm-hmm. You can make that choice for a while and then determine mm, you know that this isn't serving me the way I thought it might, and so now I'm going to choose to do something different. Uh, but I appreciate you sharing that, Beth. And I think that there are a lot of people who um, who share that, and they, and in that regard, they don't let work control them. Yet, in some ways, and this doesn't necessarily make them a workaholic. Um, but you may work a job that requires you to work on holidays. You know, if you're, yes, in I can and- tell you, Beth, Beth works a retail job. She works lots of evenings, lots of weekends, lots of holidays. Right. And that doesn't, and as I think in her definition of a workaholic, which I think is part of our goal this week is hopefully to have everyone figure out what their own definition of workaholic is and whether that serves them or not. And, you know, I think that, it sounds like she would see it as I work the hours I'm supposed to work. And then when I'm not at work, it, it doesn't have an impact on who I am, what I am, what I do. And thus I have some control over it. So. Although where she doesn't have control knowing her situation pretty well is they schedule her a week or two in advance. So she doesn't know if she's working next Sunday. Correct. What hours, what time. So unlike you can say, you know what, Friday afternoon, I'm going to go and I'm going to sit on my patio at 3 p.m. and have a beverage of my choice. She doesn't have that luxury. She might have off Wednesday or she might have off Tuesday or Friday. And week to week, it it varies. Sure. And then so said, there, there, yes. even, even though she's saying, I don't want to become a workaholic, I, I, I don't like to be in control. 
there's that cost that you really don't have control when someone else is scheduling you and you have a random schedule. Well, and I think that's a lot about your perspective on it, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's how you, again, would define workaholism and how you define control. And, and like many things, there are very few things we have complete control over. Um, so there are also a lot of things that we want to take control of that we really don't have control of. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I, I would love to say that three of the calls today, those people become my clients. I can't really control that. I can put the best me in front of them and then they can choose. And I could say, I really want, why didn't they do it? What's wrong with these people? Or I could go, you know what? I put my best self in front of them. They chose not to do it. So I'm going to let they control their life. All I can do is get in front of more people. And I think that's a mindset that helps me not be a workaholic because the more I want to control things around my work, the more dug into my work I become and obsessed around it. I think that might be my one thing. As I think about what I can control, there's there's not nearly as much control over things as I wish there were. And so as I separate from that control more, then I'm less of a workaholic. I go, you know what? I, I did a really good job today. I was my best Bob today. Take me or leave me. Now I'm going to get up tomorrow and try to be the best Bob on Wednesday and Thursday. I see we have a comment from Ed. My field of work is very detailed and intricate that consumes a lot of time. I've always believed that if you can't make a living in an eight-hour five that you can't make a living in an eight hour day, five days a week, then you can't have any other life except for work. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. Sure. I, I, I find that there are days that are 12 hours long and there are days that are two hours long and there are even days that are no day hours long. And then I see that as a follow-up, I would fire myself except I'm the boss. I was joking yesterday, Ed, that, uh, I wanted to take off today, but my boss said I couldn't because I work for myself. So and I guess I could. You could fire that self. Yeah. You might have to, you might have another self that you would have to replace it with. <laughs> You'd have to figure and, out how do you and put the it mortgage in. company doesn't care which self shows up as long as they get paid. Fair. Fair enough. So what's your one thing? You know, I think I think my one thing is. You know, when you're talking about work, workaholism, again, I think it's one of those things we can we don't always control, and I think we can do the best that we can to try to control it with the things that we can't control. If our client calls with an emergency, and we were planning not to be to take the afternoon off, we have to make a decision: do we want to keep the client and help them out or not? And in that regard, I guess we do have some control over that is that we get to make that choice. And yet your mortgage company might not be happy if you made the choice to stick with not responding to them. Um, so I think that this whole idea of control almost to me is, um, it's, it's, hmm, it's a challenge. And I think we have to really work on it because in some regards, we, there's so much we don't control that it can become easy to become a workaholic, right? We can, 
people, if people are keep knocking on our door, sending us emails, you know, you talked yesterday about the 400 emails you're going to have to look at and you could choose how you're going to do that. And yet, you know, work would almost, the, the one part of you is going to say, I have to look at them because you never know what could be in there. Um, I might not have to look at all of them exactly the same. And so I think that it's, it's almost like figuring out what is it we can control and we can't control. And the more we feel like we have no control over it, I think the closer and closer we are to workaholism. Mm-hmm. If we just feel like we we are, it's out of our control and I just have to react to what everything, everything else that's coming at me. And I think when you get to that point, a little bit like I said yesterday, and, if, and for those of you who missed it, my thought yesterday was that when you can get to the point where you are actually making a choice of whether to work on a holiday or not, it's kind of the same here. Are you getting to a point where you feel like you have some control to dictate what you're doing? however you define that can get you further and further away from workaholism. The the more you just give up control of all types and just feel like I have to react to everything that's coming at me. That is, I think when work is controlling you and you're moving closer and closer to workaholism. I like that. I don't know how I got there. And, that's okay. And if you had any interest in what I said there about making your decision about working on a holiday or not, go back, as we mentioned earlier, and listen to episode 845, Monday's episode, when we asked the question, why are we here? As around the topic of workaholism on a holiday. So I think you would enjoy that conversation and all of the uh, input that others had in it. And you can play to double speed. Your favorite thing to do is play a double C. This I, I do. Uh, Ed adds, "I love what I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. I love what I do. So I am. Re- am I really working? Which, which is a great question. You know, if you yes. love what you're doing, is it work or is it just you're doing what you're meant to do? That's I a whole other topic. We should come back to that. Fair enough. Fair right. enough. Sounds good." All right. Thanks so much for everyone who commented, Beth and Edward. We appreciate it. Uh, And if you have thoughts or ideas, please feel free to share them as well. If you're listening to the podcast, we know that there is no place to share your thoughts or ideas in that. And that's just something you can't control at the moment, even though Bob is trying. I am. I'm not sure. I did all day yesterday. Yeah. Not. (laughs) Um, So. If you're listening to the podcast and you have some thoughts or ideas, please feel free to join us in our Facebook group called Sculpt Your Business, where we are helping people go from chaos and confusion to confidence and figuring out what they can control and having some of that control so that they don't fall into the trap of workaholism. It can be easy to do. Uh, Please feel free to join us there, share your thoughts and ideas. And while you're doing that, you may just find something that helps you figure out how to take your next step. So we look forward to seeing you in that group. If not, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m.-ish Eastern time for our next episode of Today's Antidote. Hey, whatever you do, folks, embrace the renegading you. It's so worth it. Yes, it is. All right, everyone, go out and enjoy your day. We'll see you soon.